Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Sarah Liss is a writer and an editor. One summer, during a rocky time in both her personal life and with storms going on around her in Ontario, she decided to get a dog. And while Harriet wasn't her first, second, or even third choice, she turned out to be the perfect fit and changed Sarah's life in many ways, including leading her to her partner and finding a newfound sense of responsibility. Sarah, welcome to Dog Save the People. It's such a thrill to have you. Where are we speaking to you from? I am coming to you live from my uh, bedroom in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. I have to say your article, How a Rescue Dog Changed My Life, really, it really moved me. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful story. I have been working in rescue off and on, both volunteering and as a paid worker in different shelters for a while now. And I have fallen in love so many times. (laughs) And one of the things that really made me giggle about your article, you were talking about pouring over rescue dog profiles on adoption sites and kind of comparing it to the early, you know, the days before Tinder. And (laughs) For yeah. me, oh my gosh, I would go down these rabbit holes with, uh, there's a site, I don't know if you guys have it up in Canada, Pet Finder. Oh yeah, no, totally Pet Finder. <laughs> and I, I would plug in different combinations of, you know, like breed, you know, size and age. And then you know, every time there would be another set of uh, <laughs> of characters. And I, I find, I mean, even now we have, we have two dogs yeah. and I still find myself every so often kind of going back and trolling the listings <laughs> and going, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe we have space for it. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know it. Because the stories just kill you. And you, you look at these faces and you just think, how could I not, how could I not bring you here? How could I not connect with you? I know it. So Sarah, let's talk about Harriet, who is the focus of this beautiful story that you wrote. She truly was one of the most special creatures I've ever met. I met Harriet, it was many years ago now. It was the summer of 2008, which was, it was a summer that was full of these, these kind of freak storms. Yeah. (laughs) There were thunderstorms and Everything just felt a little bit off, and I was in this kind of tumultuous relationship, effectively single, living on my own, and I realized that I wanted to be sharing my life with an animal. It's funny, because my previous dog had been kind of a chihuahua mix, and I had had terriers in the past, and I'd gone through the process of trying to adopt a puggle puppy, who is quite adorable. You know, I made it down to the final two and we'd had visits and I was, I was so excited to bring him home. And then the rescue organization actually quite rightly decided uh, that he would be better off. He was adopted by uh, his, his two dads, um, had both recently retired. So they were home with him 24-7. And to be fair to the rescue organization, you know, I was in my mid-20s and I was a music writer. So I was out late at night. And so I was not necessarily the best home for a very wriggly puppy, (laughs) but, you know, kind of (laughs) as a means of compensating, I guess, or, or kind of trying to dull the sting, they sent me this other listing for Harriet. 
Her photographs were not very flattering. She looked quite weird, like some kind of fusion of a meerkat and a squirrel. She was sort of like long and short at the same time. But there was something about her that really spoke to me. And I started emailing back and forth with her foster mom. The woman was just so like, could not say enough good things about her. And I drove a couple hours away to where she was being fostered. I thought I was just going for kind of like, you know, it was like a blind date kind of thing. And I got there and I remember walking up to this gate and going into the backyard. And we were immediately swarmed by a litter of boxer puppies. Just like, it it felt like there were dozens of them. They just all ran up to us. (laughs) The woman who was fostering Harriet uh, was also fostering this litter of boxers. Uh And in the middle, kind of like out of the middle of the pack, came Harriet looking absolutely terrified. Um, She kind of like, they were all clambering on top of her and she jumping on top of this picnic table that was in the backyard. And she just looked like, oh my God, all of these babies. Yeah, I can't, they're not my babies. I don't want to be around these babies. There was something about that moment that, (laughs) that I really connected with, especially at that point in my life. I just thought, yeah, who would want to be tied down to <laughs> a kid, man? Right. I remember one of the things that we, we took her for a walk around the block. She was very shy. She seemed very reserved. Right. I mean, I just thought, that's it. She's my dog. Yeah. We brought her into the car. She just curled up on the back seat. Mm. And when we were driving back to the city, it was during the summer of intense thunderstorms just out of nowhere. And I remember we were driving and I could see this crazy storm when I turned around out the back window with thunder and lightning, you know, which would have sent many of my previous dogs running for a dark corner. Um, she was just sleeping peacefully on the back seat. And there's something, the metaphor about driving away from this terrible storm and there she was, kind of the, the calm in front of it. That felt very meaningful for me. That's a beautiful visual. And I know like these um, these freedom rides where the dogs are leaving, a lot of them are so, like I know from my own experiences, they're barely holding it together. And I, I mean, being in a foster home is definitely much less stressful. Typically, when you don't have tons of boxer puppies crawling all over you, but <laughs> it's a little bit less stressful. But I yeah. know that... When I adopted one of my dogs, she apparently she had just been kind of just holding it together. And when we got her home, like two days later, she had full blown pneumonia. And I think her oh, immune God. system just kind of collapsed. So I'm sure that Harriet was just like, oh, phew, yeah. I'm free. <laughs> no, I'm I just need a moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I brought her home and I took her to the vet. They were so happy for me to, you know, to kind of see me with like a new. BFF. Yes. And he, he was checking her out and then he put his stethoscope on and he started listening to her heartbeat. And he said to me, he looked at me and he said, she has the calmest heartbeat of a little dog that I've ever heard. You know, oh, she has the, the heartbeat. And he just looked at me and he said, this dog is going to be very important in your life. Mm. And it was so weird because he wasn't the type of guy who was into kind of woo woo. He right. just was a get stuff done vet that it really stuck with me. And, you know, I certainly there were hiccups in the early weeks, but once we kind of settled into things, I just immediately started to feel like she was transformative in some way. Yes. 
I attended a mandatory respect in the workplace workshop. And while I was there, I met a colleague who worked in the hall for me and she and I, we got into this quite intense conversation about kind of the challenges of adopting from rescue organizations. You know, there are many fantastic rescue organizations. There are some that can be kind of a little less legit. Uh, and there are certainly many hoops that one has to jump through. Again, for very good reason, you're often adopting dogs who've gone through tremendous amounts of trauma um, who may have all sorts of different needs. The vetting process can be quite intense. And this colleague was, you know, dismayed because she had recently gone through a process where she had not been allowed to adopt a dog because she had said that at some point down the line, she might want to have kids. And, you know, I, I do understand the rationale insofar as I think a lot of organizations have encountered situations where people adopt dogs kind of as a, you know, a trial to have a kid. Right, um, exactly. And then people return those dogs to be rehomed once they have a kid because they go, oh, you know, I haven't, I hadn't thought through this or, oh, this right. dog doesn't get you know, along with the toddler. And, you know, I empathized with her, but I also just thought oh, that was not a challenge I had had because I had no interest in having kids. Right. But as luck would have it, you know, this colleague and I started chatting and then I think I ran into her at the coffee shop at some point. I ended up sending her an email and asking if she wanted to get together to take our dogs for a dog walk. Our dogs immediately <laughs> hit it off. I remember oh, I it. we were in one of Toronto's biggest parks, quite beautiful. It's called High Park. And every year they have an open air Shakespeare production, like a Shakespeare in the park kind of thing. So there's this big al fresco stage. And I remember we were sitting in the seats drinking boxed wine, like terrible boxed wine. And our dogs were just doing zoomies around us, just chasing oh. each other. And they like just filled with joy. And we started dating. Oh, man, that's great. What is the name of, of her dog that Harriet met? Her dog's name is Lula. The two of them were immediately inseparable. Harriet and oh. Lula, we were dating and we lived, luckily, a decent dog walk <laughs> from each other so right. one or the other of us would just walk our dog over to the other person's house and then nice. the two of them would just bouncy tag for hours <sighs> until they kind of lay on top of one another it was great right. i love it yeah i love it so you two eventually moved in together we had moved in together we actually in quite an archetypal lesbian moment we wound up buying a house together less than a year after we started dating. It seemed like a rational decision in many ways because sure. we had two dogs and a cat. So this was around, I guess, 2010. So we had several happy years, all of us together with, you know, Harriet and Lula. And then one year, I remember this very clearly. It was January 3rd, I believe. And Harriet, you know, to be fair, had been acting a little bit weird. And we, we still don't know if something was really off with her or if kind of hindsight has projected this onto her. But I remember it was bitterly cold. It was a Tuesday and she had gone for, she had two walks a week with a dog walker who'd been walking her since I adopted her. We had said, because Harriet had been behaving erratically, we had said to the dog walker, you know, don't, don't let her off lead right now. Um, for whatever reason, he decided that he would let her off. And 
she just took off and we don't know entirely what happened. I know I, I had been at work. I got a call from him saying, you know, Harriet took off. I can't find her. And I hopped in a cab. I went over to the park and we looked for her for hours, just, you know, going back and forth in the snow. Mm-hmm. And I posted to various social media channels. I had people kind of putting the word out for me and Hours later, with my phone basically dead, and it was getting dark, and I, we finally we thought, we need to, we can't keep doing this. And as I was getting out of the subway station, I got a call on my phone, and it was from someone who said, is this Harriet's owner? And she had been at the intersection of the subway station where we got on. And as she came out of the station, she saw Harriet running across the street, And unfortunately, the van that was coming did not see Harriet. And by the time we got there, she was gone. She had just, she'd sustained too much trauma. I'm so sorry. It's, it is a very sad story. And it's, yeah, it did seem like one of those moments, you know, we, and I think we encounter many of them in culture, whether we're talking about animals or people, um, where you just think you deserve to be here. You deserve to see more happen in your story. And it was sad to have her kind of be gone just like that. Yes, of course. So Sarah, I'd like to talk now um, a little bit about Harriet's legacy in your life and how it kind of helped you prepare for things that happened after she passed. One of the effects of being surrounded by so many people who didn't quite get it, I only knew one other person who was as deeply connected to Harriet as I was, and that was my partner, Lisa. Yeah. And I think because the two of us were going through this thing that felt so excruciating, it brought us so much closer together. And I, you know, it's such a trite way of saying it, but it did add this layer to our connection such parallel experiences of this loss. One of the tensions in our relationship from the time we met was that Lisa wanted kids and I, I'm younger than she is. I, I had always felt, you know, at the very best ambivalent toward having children. And it just wasn't something that I felt capable of taking on for reasons I probably didn't even entirely understand. And something about Harriet's death, I don't know if it, was, you know, a a keener understanding of the kind of fragility of life or the uncertainty of life. I don't know if it was just that it pushed me to feel things on a level and with a profundity that I had, I hadn't experienced. I don't know if it was simply, you know, the new understanding that I could survive that kind of loss. I sort of say all of this with the awareness that I was tremendously privileged to not have encountered that kind of loss in my life up until that point. But there was something that started to shift in the in the years after she died. You know, I had my own experience of, of guilt and kind of culpability around her death. Like, you know, the all sure. of the what ifs, the you know, what if what if, you know, in after noticing her semi erratic behavior, I just said, you know, let's cool it on the walks. What if I had looked for a little longer? But I in a way I also I became aware that those sorts of questions and personal torments are just a part of life. Anyone contemplating becoming a parent, you necessarily encounter the worry about whether or not you'll irrevocably damage your kid um, and how much responsibility you can take for all of the things that happen to them in their lives. And I think that somehow feeling 
that weight of responsibility and having to kind of muddle through it, you know, with the help of my partner, with the help of my friends, with the help of a very good therapist, yes. just kind of inched me closer to accepting that as a part of life and, and understanding that we don't, we don't do everything right. Nobody does everything right. And that's just how we live. And I became kind of more open to being responsible for a being in a different kind of way. I think that moved me in the direction of being kind of more open and ready to become a parent. And our first child was born in 2014. Now your your two sons, are are they dog lovers as well? They are. I mean, I think they're animal lovers in general, and they're very tender with our two dogs. In the years after Harriet's death, I had been missing having a little dog around, and so we adopted Violet, who is a Jack Russell mix. There is a Harriet-ness about her, although there's also a lot of... <laughs> I think that she's more neurotic than Harriet was. <laughs> Lula has kind of aged and become 15, which is for oh, wow. a lab mix is pretty old. Yeah, um, that sure is. Sadly, neither of our dogs is the greatest on leash and certainly not in dog parks. They're not. They're right. not. So I think my kids are not, they haven't experienced the full scope of being able to kind of be out in the world with a dog, but they understand the idiosyncrasies of personality through our dogs. Um, That's great. <laughs> and they're always into a good game of fetch. Sarah, it's been such a pleasure having you on Dog Save the People today. And thank you so much for sharing your story about Harriet. And I know that there's a part of the contract that says that we, you know, that they may not live as long as we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there is this goodbye. And I just, I just love her legacy and everything that she brought to your life and brought to your partner's life. And I, again, I'm just so grateful to have you on the show and to hear your beautiful story. So well, thank you so much, John. And I, so much. I have really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you for this time. <laughs> so Sarah, where can we find you on social media? I am on Twitter at listless, it's L-I-S-S-T-L-E-S-S, and on Instagram at the same handle. Thank you, Sarah. We'll talk soon. Hey, take care. I found it really beautiful that even though Sarah went through this tragic event in losing Harriet that devastating night, she not only persevered, but took in that experience in a learning way to accept that life is not always perfect. Things happen. And you can really only do the best you can. And I love that she came around on having kids as a result and now has two boys with her partner. Life will certainly have loss. That's one thing we can all rely on. But we can still remember those who played a big part while continuing to live. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. For the dog days of summer, during July and August, we will be posting every other Tuesday. I'll be spending a lot more time with my dogs, and I hope you will be too. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. 
Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.